0: Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Monday, February 1st. 2021, Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another very special show coming up for you tonight. A blizzard edition of Hockey Night in New York. As you can see, a little bit of a different setup here between Christian and myself. Due to the snow, we, we couldn't actually be here physically together, so we got him Skyping in. And we are more happy about it. Yeah, I feel great about that, by the way. But uh, big show coming up for you. Shannon Hogan of MSG Network will be joining us tonight, so that'll be a lot of fun. Can't wait to get involved, even though things aren't that great in the Country. But my name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Sean. How are you holding up during this
0: storm? You know, uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Just it's it's quiet. It's a lot of it's a lot of alone time, you know. <laughs> so you I'm don't sure get the, you used to that, though. Uh, well, you know. I mean, you just you can't really go anywhere, you know. So you're kind of just within your own four walls. But I I I got through it. And here we are. Now Now we get to talk some hockey, uh, some bad hockey, but we get to talk some hockey. So let's get into it. But first, I want to remind everybody that we are happily sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. And we want to thank our sponsor, TIE Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you are tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optima, and Verizon, give TIE Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three months of free service. And now, on to the hockey. The Islanders are back from a five-game road trip, and it didn't go very well. Um, They took two points via overtime losses to the Philadelphia Flyers, and that's pretty much all they have to write home about. What do you say, CA? Certainly was not the way the Islanders thought this road trip or
1: or most people thought this road trip was gonna go. No. It was a a rough one to say the least. There's a lot of lessons to be learned from it. There's a lot of things to take away from it. Uh and if you're the New York Islanders, you gotta learn these lessons pretty quickly uh they put themselves in quite a bit of a hole here and uh and it's not going to get much easier as we continue to go forward i guess the positive you want to try and be positive about all this is that perhaps maybe there'll be some lineup consistency going forward you know you look at what barry trotz was able to do during the road trip and you look at the guys that he was able to play and he's literally for the most part gotten to play everyone that you would expect would get a chance in the lineup um and I think at the very least, if you're trying to be positive about the whole thing, mm. that it is something that you can kind of hang your hat on is the fact that, all right, he's seen everybody. He knows what everyone can do. Now it's time to get your lineup solidified and ready to roll because this, this, this season's not going to get much easier.
0: Yeah, look, there's been a recurring theme so far with this season, and it's been the third line. It's been figuring out just where to have your forwards. And I know we've seen a little mix in the match now a little bit with Bailey and Eberle as far as the first and second line goes. But clearly Barry Trotz is still trying to figure out who is going to fill out that top nine. And clearly there's been an issue in doing that, not to say that that's the, the the only reason why they're they're struggling so far through nine games, but, you know, it's been a problem so far and they don't have a lot of time to figure this out. Because, yeah, you can say only nine games in, but you hit the 14-game the mark, Christian, and we're already at, a, at the quarter mark of the season. And hey,
1: it's like someone you were hanging out with the over the weekend said something very similar to that.
0: I mean, it was probably me. I hang out with myself. Uh, I mean, it might have been me, but whatever. <laughs> I don't think. Was it you? You, you it take you? credit for what yeah, It might have been me. Okay. Either way, point is, they got to figure <laughs> this out fast. They got to figure it out fast. You know, look, they're still obviously within striking distance of a playoff spot. It's not it's not time to panic yet. It's not. I know. <laughs> we asked after the game on Sunday, how's everybody feeling? After the game, and you know there was a range of a range of responses uh, up on Twitter. But some people said <laughs> time to panic. Some people said, you know, we're looking for some, I guess, a little more uh, outlandish roster moves and stuff like that. But um, look, it's it's not it's not crazy time yet. But we're not far from it. Like they 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 do have to. I mean, I I, I figured Sunday was more or less for as far as nine nine games into the season goes, probably the biggest. Must win of a nine ninth game of a season, given the the short the shortness of this one they i I felt like they had to get those two points they got one barry was was talking pretty positively after the game, and he felt good about it i don't know if that's just you know mental stuff to keep the boys you know positive and stuff, but look. They haven't been able to put together a consistent sixty minutes yet, and when when even if it's five minutes, even if it's ten minutes, it seems like when they do have a lull in their play, it just really bites them in the ass.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you saw it in a couple of these games. I mean, you saw it in Washington after they took the three nothing lead into you know in that game. Um, yeah. You saw it. A couple times over the over the course of the, the these games here, even when they're not leading, but they're not being able to finish. Um, Sunday is a great example of that. The Islanders put a great first period. They dominated for the most part. Um, you know they were the better team in the first period. They had the chances. They had the goaltending. Um, everything was going their way. They just couldn't yeah. find the back of the net. And then of course you got the you get you know a minute or so left in the game uh, in the first period, and um, you know the Philadelphia is the one that gets the goal. Uh, right. it, it it's just those kind of bad breaks, and it's that inability to finish. And then you look at the second period, and things kind of, you know, looked like they had things under control. They tie the game pretty early, and then things kind of fall apart after that pretty quickly. So. You're right. I think the biggest enemy for the New York Islanders right now is the consistency. I think they'll say that themselves. I think you talk to them after the game, you know, one of the biggest things that that all of them talked about, whether it's Anders Lee, whether it's Nick Letty, whether it's Josh Bailey, whether it's Barry Trotz, is the consistency. Um, They know they have to be more consistent. I think the question is, how do you be more consistent? Or is this something that's a bit more than just, uh, you know, a minor issue right now? And I think that's the big question. How do you... How do you fix that problem? Because it's it sounds so simple, right? It's yeah. You know, we got to be consistent. <laughs> right. But what do you do to be consistent? How do you put that consistent 60-minute effort in? Well, the Islanders are capable of doing it. We've seen them do it in the past. We've seen them even even earlier this season when they played the Rangers for the most part, you know, and, and those wins um, against New Jersey, the first one against New Jersey, or the only one against New Jersey, I <laughs> yes. should say. Yeah. Um, there was, a, for the most part, a 60-minute effort. It wasn't, you know, there was a little lull in the second period of each of those games, but for the most part, it was a 60-minute effort. And the question becomes, how do you now duplicate that, and why is it that you've kind of lost that steam? Um, I think that's it's a, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer right now.
0: It is, but and people have to remember, I mean, this is a theme for every team in the NHL. There's, there's no fan base, no matter whether it's Toronto, Tampa Bay, Colorado, or anybody else for that matter. There's nobody that that can really legitimately go into a game, you know, a season and expect them to play 82 out at of, of 82 or 56 out of 56 on all cylinders. It's just not going to happen. The main thing is just to make sure you know you're outweighing the, the the crappy ones, right? And right now they're not. They're they're just kind of they've meandered through these nine games. Where again, like like we've pointed out, they they've had some good play and, and they definitely improved against Philadelphia. There's no doubt about that. And they might have deserved a better fate. I mean, if you know, you start getting into more of the, the details of these games. You look at that blown icing call, obviously in the last one, that that burned them big time. But, you know, you can you can make that point, but at the same time, they still need to be playing a, a more complete enough game where that's not gonna be the play you look at to say, Oh, well that's why they lost because of a blown icing. I mean they still they still have to be playing well enough to not only win these games, but you know, be able to to just maintain it over the course of a stretch and you know they they kind of teased us with that first game against the Rangers to open the season, and you know they 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 squeaked out that win against Boston, and then it looked like they were getting back on track against Jersey, and then and then for whatever reason the wheels have just um, really been shaky on the bus right now.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I, I think to your point too. There, you, you said something that was really interesting. That was the fact. and I know it's shocking. Sean saying something really interesting it doesn't happen too often. Right. you said something about the, the the icing the blown icing call which yeah. was obviously a blown call no question yeah. about it yeah but I think I put it on on social media after that call is that the Islanders yes it was a blown call but the Islanders have to be a team now that responds to it they can't let that be the one thing that gets in their way right uh, and, and I think for a second you saw that it looked like they were gonna ha- they were responding well to it you know like I said they get the quick goal in, in the second period but things kind of fall off um, and they don't really have a response to the Philadelphia push and I think that's the thing that's a little I don't want to say concerning, but certainly something to watch for is that the fact that they don't have these responses to a uh, push by Philadelphia, by the Washington Capitals, by the New Jersey Devils, you know, by the New York Rangers, even um, in, in those earlier games to start the year, there's kind of a consistent theme here where they're not being able to weather the storm. And once the opposing team is able to take advantage of that, you know, the Islanders find themselves, uh, you know, up a creek without a paddle and, you know, they're trying to they're trying to use their hands to, to fight back into it. And and they do a decent effort in the third period. You're seeing them be much more consistent third period team, which is good, but when you're playing down, you know, three one, four one, you know, with or scoreless, you don't have a goal yet, you're you're putting yourself in a position that's just not not one you want to be in. And I think that's the thing. The Islanders need to find a way to score the first goal. I think they've scored the first goal on this road trip twice, I think. Right. Um, and they've held a lead twice this entire that entire road trip in the in the five game span. So um, that's a problem. That's <laughs> yes, a big problem. Yes it they is. Need to, they need to find a way to to to, to right from the get go, be able to establish their game and be able to find the back of the net early and, and play with the lead because you're not giving Semyon Varlamov a chance to play with the lead and you're not more importantly you're not giving Ilya Sorokin the chance to play with the lead. And yeah, he was geez. stellar for, for the Islanders in the in the opportunities he's gotten uh, during this road trip. It's just he's playing from a a position a you know a weaker position you know he's playing down a couple goals instead of up a couple goals and yeah. you know you you look at some of those saves he made during the course of the game especially on Sunday and he would he would have been great if the Islanders had a three one lead a you know a three two lead he yeah. would have been the difference maker instead the Islanders don't aren't able to capitalize on some chances of their own and you know it's it's a much different looking game much lo- different looking game
0: yeah and I would be a little more laid back about this stretch if it was an 82-game season. I mean, look, every season is going to have its ups and downs. You're going to have stretches where, you know, you're not playing your best. Or, you know, even if, even if you know, you look at the Islanders last year, they went on that long stretch, you know, that long streak with all the points and everything like that. And you knew it was going to end eventually, and you knew they were going to go through a rough patch now. Again, it might have been a bonus that that they ended the season early for them. But my point (laughs) is, is that, you know, you're going to have these ebbs and flows in the season. The problem, though is that you kinda can't be too laid back about it because, you know, they chopped almost thirty games off the schedule. So right. there's no you know, you can only take so many games to work out the kinks and, and and you know, that puts the pressure on not only the players, but on Barry too, to to figure out what's gonna get these guys going, you know, during this short season. And I and I remember saying it on Twitter, uh, I think I was speaking to our pal Sal who listens to the show and 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 I said that you know, really, the, the truth is the playoffs in this season are going to be decided by the last ten or so games of this season because the the all the teams that you would expect to be in the mix for a playoff spot, whether whether you think it's four teams, whether you think it's five teams, whatever the case may be, I would like to think that they're all going to be close enough together where it's going to be it's going to come down to who's hot at the end. So maybe it's okay that they're having a rough patch now as long as they figure it out, but they got to figure it out soon. And they got to make sure that they they still stay close enough to the pack so they are in the mix to potentially go on a run at the end.
1: No, I agree. I think that's a it's it's a interesting point you make there. I don't want to say good point because I really don't want to. That's two, buddy. You, but, that's two. Uh it, It's a fair <laughs> point, and it's certainly it certainly puts them in an interesting position. I think the other interesting thing, and I don't necessarily have the schedule right in front of me, but the Islanders do end up playing a couple of these teams again down the stretch. You know, the Philadelphias, the Rangers, the Devils, and I want to say Buffalo. In those last couple games, that ten fifteen game stretch that you're talking about, and while um, certainly, you know, I, I think we both kind of think that Buffalo is not going to be in a position where they're um, going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And I know you think a little less of New Jersey being there at, at a certain at that point of the season, although they're off to a pretty good start right, right now. Right. Those are going to be tough games. Um, yeah, they all are. Even all not, of them. And even if even if they're not in the position to be to be fighting for a playoff spot you have to imagine they're going to be want to play spoiler for the Islanders, um, you know, come an opportunity like that towards the end of that stretch.
0: Sure. Well, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but we got a break now because Shannon Hogan from MSG Network is going to join us. So I want to thank you all for hanging out with us here at Hockey Night New York. Remember, you can tune in live for the Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. We'll be right back
1: Another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum Thai technology is offering 3 free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com that's tie t i e technology.com Thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service
0: the only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by die-hard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food and clean atmosphere and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support want to place an order for pickup call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online blue line deli and bagels where the great selections will have you saying yes 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 Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're watching Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. It is time for On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. Joining us right now from MSG Network, the great Shannon Hogan. Shannon, how are you tonight?
2: Hi, guys. It's like Hockey Night New York in a blizzard, right?
0: Yes, the special (laughs) stormy edition of Hockey Night New York. want to thank you. Christian,
2: I literally just gave Sean the biggest heart attack because he called me and my phone was across the room. And I was like, no! It was like slow-mo to the last ring, and my husband was like, get the phone! So, don't worry. We made it just in the nick of time.
1: Just in the nick of time. Even better, Shannon. I like that you gave Sean a little bit of a panic attack there.
2: <laughs> yeah, he 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 wanted to play it cool, but he was a little nervous
1: oh no <laughs> I'm, t- I'm t- totally fine
2: minutes. What are we going to talk about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, if you didn't know, we're, we're actually separated because of the blizzard. So, oh, the yeah, rains no, and the talent of the of the talent of the operation is elsewhere today. When I left, Sean in charge of everything technical. So, you know, just in
0: case something goes wrong, Shannon, for the sake of the interview, I'm going to let him just get away with that, so we can move on. It's
2: it's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Go, we'll let it roll, Sean. We'll let it roll.
0: Appreciate it. So, Shannon. Obviously, not everything is sunshine and rainbows right now, not only outside, but also in Islander country due to the, uh, the recent five-game road trip that the Islanders went on. So let's start there. We'll, we'll talk about what might have happened or didn't happen there. What do you make of this stretch? And I suppose the potential urgency on this team to turn around soon, Chris and I were just talking about it before you came on, that they got to get things going because we only got 56 games this season.
2: Yeah, I I think that's exactly it, you guys. There definitely is a sense of urgency, and I think you feel that when you listen to the players in their pre- and post-game interviews. They know that they won't be the team that makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals again if they play the way that they did on a consistent basis over the last week and a half or so. The thing is, we did see a couple of periods of good hockey, a couple of 10-minute intervals there, and some, some nice goals, some nice play but they need to be consistent. And when they weren't consistent, they were making the mistakes that we're not really used to seeing with a Barry Trotz type of team. And so the fact that they're on this five-game skid is definitely not the way that they had planned on starting the shortened season. Um, at the same time, you'll hear Barry say very often that, You have to go through adversity to be a good team. (laughs) So we're going to chalk it up to that. Um, But I I don't want to let this skid go that much longer, if you know what I mean.
1: Shannon you mentioned you mentioned the consistency and I think uh, I think the question that Sean and I have been trying to figure out or the answer we're trying to figure out is how do you how do the islanders get back to that consistent level I mean it sounds so simple when, when you say oh they got to be consistent but 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 what do you what does the team need to do to be consistent uh, for a sixty minute contest
2: I think a lot of that has to it sounds kind of cliche, but it's almost like doing anything else in your own life. It's a routine and it's taking things one day at a time so you know if you're trying to eat healthy or you know or do a dry january you can't be like oh my gosh i have like 31 days you have to do it one day at a time you know one game at a time and i know that that sounds so cliche for sports but it is true i do really think that the guys believe that that they look at it one shift at a time and one period at a time and they try to build off of the good periods that they have it's just frustrating when you don't get some of those bounces too because I really feel in Philadelphia those were two games that they could have won and obviously going into overtime it's it's deflating when you've had a couple of good periods periods mixed in through those two games to not you know get come away at least with two points in one of the games um but listening to to the players it it sounds like they realize that there were some good aspects to the game. They're trying to build on that, and they know that they have to be consistent. There comes a point, you guys, where it's about execution. You have the plan. You have the strategy. You have the skills. You just need to go out and execute. So hopefully they'll be able to do that.
0: For sure, Shannon. And I guess to just continue on the theme of scratching for positives to to take out of this, this stretch here is the Islanders did finally put a goal in the net for Elias Sorokin. And oh my uh,
2: gosh! Thank, I was like, how long did this poor kid get to be there before someone scores?
0: Seriously, ser- so fi- that finally <laughs> happened, and and it looked like there was a decent chance to get the kid a win, and obviously didn't pan out. But obvi- and the first game that he got in, we all know was was a rough one. Everybody wants to forget about that. But what do you think of Sorokin's play now that you know he's actually been able to play a game that he was uh, he knew he was scheduled to play <laughs> and uh, yeah. and perform with a couple of goals in there? What, what do you think of him?
2: I think it's a building process for him. I think the expectations from all the Islanders fans and really to be honest, me included from everything we've been reading about this kid and all the hype around him that we were expecting him to come in and in game one or two, be like, yeah, that guy's going to win the best. Of. Like that's what I was expecting. and right. And ultimately there is, you know, a learning curve with a different size rink, you know, a different, um, a different league, different team, a different language. I mean, there are things that you have to kind of grow into new goaltending coaches, you know, working on things um, that maybe are strengths or not strengths of him or the way that they want him to, to approach, um, you know, certain things in that. So I, I, I felt great after last night's game because there were some really great saves he didn't have to stop a lot but the 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 few exciting saves that he did did make i was like okay i see the flash of brilliance there everybody take a deep breath it's only a matter of time and luckily for the island luckily for the islanders um other than you know i'm gonna Discount one of those games was really fantastic to start the year and he was rock solid for the Islanders in the postseason. So I don't think that goaltending is the concern for the Islanders right now. I think everybody just needs to get on the same page and they need to, to figure out how they can get the four lines going because they need more
0: offense than just that top line.
1: Talking with uh, MSG Network, Shannon Hogan here on the line, presented by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Shannon, uh, you were talking a little bit about, when we are talking about consistency, you are talking about being in a rhythm and kind of a, a routine. And uh, one thing Andrew Gross from Newsday was asking about last night, and I think he wrote about it today for uh, Newsday, was the fact that even the road trips this year are very different from years past. Um, where obviously you're you're not on your routine already on a road trip, but players for the most part were confined to their to their hotel rooms when they weren't on the ice. There was a lot of alone time unless they were at the rink. How much, again, not to make excuses for the team, but how much do you think that kind of throws off everyone's rhythm, especially when they're trying to find that consistency and they're dealing with all these different things going on? How much does that impact the team, especially on a, on a lengthy road trip like they just got through?
2: I'm not sure how much it really impacts it. I do think from, you know, years past, what you hear about teams is that going on the road is a chance to kind of bond. This already is a really close team. I mean, most of these guys have been together for years and years now. And, you know, the addition of um, Andy Green and JG Pajot last year, they, once they kind of got in the mix in the summer, it was a pretty seamless transition and they spent a lot of time together in the bubble. So yeah, I mean, with the COVID protocols right now, It is a different scenario to me, you know, from the outside looking in. And If you ask the guys, they'll say, you know, it is it is what it is. We're playing hockey. But from the outside looking in, I think personally it would be tough if you don't feel like you're scoring. You know, if if you're someone who is still looking for that first goal of the season or your line isn't going or you're J.G. Pajon, you don't even know who's going to be on your line for the next game. Like to me, (laughs) it's a lot of like down, extra downtime. And I think everybody approaches that differently. I can't speak for the players because I actually haven't asked them how they've handled that. It's, it's a good question, but I think some guys try to unwind. They play, you know, video games or, or, you know, whatever they watch Netflix. Um, but normally on the road, they would all go to dinner and and they might not all be like one whole team dinner together, but they break up in, you know, groups of five, six, seven, eight, and they would go to dinner together. And I think just having that social outlet, it's something I'm sure they're missing, just like the rest of us are. I mean, everybody's had to make different sacrifices to, you know, keep, you know, do their jobs, do the best they can cope, keep themselves safe. And I think the same goes for the NHL, how much that affects it. I'm not sure it's substantial, but I'm sure it it is something different that they wouldn't have had to think about in years past.
0: Without a doubt, Shannon. And just to keep it on the team here a little bit, uh, on the ice, uh, another guy who's finding his way, who's kind of having a a coming-out party who we've been keeping tabs on since the season started, is Noah Dobson back on defense. It seems like after all the sheltering he got last season in the bubble, barely even getting on the ice – uh, he's getting a lot of minutes here. He's getting trusted a lot by Barry Trotz, and he's already got himself a decent amount of points since he started. Maybe just uh, touch on how Noah Dobson's acclimated himself so far in this new season.
2: Yeah, I think it's been everything we've been expecting and, and maybe a little more. I mean, last year, we really didn't get to see him very often. It's hard to, you have to think about what an elite hockey player is used to throughout their entire career. They're used to playing those minutes. They're used to playing games on a regular basis. And then, you know, the team makes the decision not to send it back to juniors and keep him around. He's not in those game atmosphere that... That kind of heated competition on a night in night out basis. I know there are fewer games in juniors, but still, I mean, that game experience. Noah Johnson wasn't getting, you know, as regularly last season. I still think it was a good idea. I think he learned a lot. I think he grew a lot. I think physically he was able to challenge himself and get stronger. I mean, he's a young young guy, and the body can really change with, you know, off ice training and whatnot, and those you know, those couple of years, you look at Matt Barzell and how he's gotten stronger. And even Anthony Bovili, I mean, those guys from, you know, 18 to 23, 24 years old, you're still trying to get into that, um, Best athletic body, you know, for for your sport. So I think it was really beneficial for Dobson to be around the team last year. He lived with Dennis Seidenberg, who's amazing. Um, his wife Rebecca, phenomenal cook, also <laughs> fashionista and nice. very fun. So I'm sure, like you know, having that home. Um, feeling there, they're a great family and then having Dennis to kind of talk to and and learn from. He, you know, obviously had had an amazing NHL career and is is quite the veteran and leader. That was beneficial. And I think then you pair him with Andy Green and. They've really been a, a nice pair, I and mean, you kind of have a defenseman that's calm and knows what to do, and you have a young guy that has all this talent. It's been exciting to see him on the power play. Um, I just think he's getting more and more comfortable, and the more comfortable he gets, the the longer the leash becomes, and the more Barry Trotz trusts him, and, and the more the minutes creep up. So, I think nothing but, you know. I, you're still going to see a couple hiccups here and there because he is still a young player and there's still things he's learning, but I think that the future is very bright for him and he's going to be a big part of the Islander's success this year.
1: It's hard not to talk about uh, the young Islanders talent when, and without talking about Kiefer Bellos and Oliver Wallstrom. And obviously, uh, it seems like Barry Trotz is, is happy with the way with the way they've developed over the early part of the season here. They didn't play on Sunday. But what have you seen out of, out of Bellos and Wallstrom? And, and do you think we're going to see them more frequently in the lineup as the season progresses?
2: Yeah, I think we're gonna see them more frequently as as the season progresses and I think with the back to back situation, um two part Barry was clear he wants to create competition and I do think that there is still competition for really two spots on the wing, whether or not especially with Anthony Beauvillier out right now. There there's there's competition for who's gonna be on that second, third line. I think the the top line and the fourth line, if the Islanders have everybody healthy, can be fairly, you know, solidified. But uh, we saw. I thought Austin Zarnick was impressive last night. Yep. I mean, I really didn't. You know, ha- didn't have a feel for for what he was going to bring. I thought he was very noticeable. I think he looked comfortable, um, and I think he made a case for getting another game for sure. sure. And so, to me, with with Bellows and Wallstrom, they've been in the system a long time. I think the talent's there, but those are guys that need to score. I mean, that's that's what they were drafted for. So, uh, you know, I think. The more opportunity they get, hopefully they'll they'll kind of find their way and slide right in there. But with the COVID, you know, protocols and everything that we have, and the taxi squads, Barry's been very clear that he wants to keep everybody involved. So I, I do think you're going to see kind of a, a little bit of a rotating door with the competition until somebody grabs it and says, Hey, keep me in. You know, I deserve to be here. And and I, I do think between those three um, and even Timoshov, you know, I don't think he was as noticeable as right. Zarnik last night, but I think those four, plus you have a Leo Komarov, you know, who has a veteran presence. I don't think he's had his best couple of games this year, but we've seen uncle Leo, you know, slide in great and, and really have, you know, some pizzazz and jump in the game. So I, I think there are plenty of good options. It's now adding into that first topic we talked about, the consistency.
0: For sure, Shannon. And last one for me, we, we had you on back during the playoff run. And we talked a little bit about, obviously, the big difference with, you know, the teams being in the bubbles. And, you know, not only does that, you know, environment change for the players and the coaches and everybody involved, but it also does for you and the broadcast team and everything. You talked about how you had to make adjustments. So it's changed a little bit again, right? There's no bubble. You have the teams are traveling again, even though there's no fans in the building. Uh, what's, what's it been like for you guys at MSG? Like, even like last night you had AJ, you know, kind of doing the in studio from home thing. Um, what's it been like for you guys, you know, making another adjustment here with, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, strange times that we're in.
2: Yeah, I mean, bottom line, you guys, is everybody just wants to watch hockey, right? <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, people are just thrilled that there's hockey on television, that we're watching the Islanders, um, that they're, you know, going to be in this competitive, um, East division. So I, I think that is the whole thing. And we just want to bring the fans at home the best product that we can. There are hurdles, you know, it, I, it's not easy for Brendan and Butch to call a game from a studio and not be there. They can see more when they're there, but I think they've done a darn good job through the playoffs and so far. Early This season of bringing the fans at home as much of the uh, insight and calling of the games and energy that that you would expect, you know, not being in an arena. I think they've done a great job. For AJ and I, it's much more fun when we're together. (laughs) Having her next to me, to the park, um, and wearing masks when we're not on. But it, I, you know. It's, it's a long season. And so yeah. we're happy to have the capability now. And I think it's become more normalized. I mean, people are used to seeing the Zoom interviews or the, or the, right. the boxes like yeah. that, you know, and mm-hmm. if we're not able to be at the game anyway, I think it's a great opportunity to keep her incorporated in our, our show. She's got really valuable insight. She knows this team and it's a whole lot of fun with the four of us. So I, you know, for, for us, it's a little different. Um, we're kind of back and forth between, the Coliseum and um, the MSG Network Studios. Um, even stranger, being at the Coliseum when they're playing there without fans is being there when there's no one in the building except for us. <laughs> right, that being yeah. said, that being said, it gives me—I mean, it's—it's it's so magical being in the building, even when the fans aren't there like you just feel special at the coliseum and it was so 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 nice and kind of emotional the first home game that we were there and they like took the ice for warm-ups and the music's going and it was this blend of like oh my gosh it's almost normal and then (laughs) oh our people aren't here you know like I love the fans. Like I love seeing everybody. I love the season ticket holders and the kids and the, you know, seeing, even seeing the players wives come to the game and their kids. I miss that. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, hockey's on TV. We're doing the best we can, and we appreciate people for you know sticking with us if we have technical hiccups here or there. Um, and I hope they know that we're doing the best we can to to get the show on the you know on the air and, and bring you guys Islanders hockey.
0: Absolutely, Shannon. Christian, you have anything else for Shannon? No, I think uh, I think we covered it. Well, Shannon, fantastic stuff. Really appreciate you giving us some time tonight. Awesome as always. Keep up the great work over at MSG Network. We love watching the broadcast over there. And uh, have a great rest of your night.
2: Thanks, guys. Stay warm. We've got snowdrifts <laughs> of like two feet
0: over here. Wow.
2: I'm out in Suffolk County, so I don't know. Stay inside. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Stay inside. I, I, I'm staying in. I'm staying bundled. Have a good night, you guys. You too. Go Take out. care,
0: Shannon. Bye. All right, folks. That was the great. Shannon Hogan of MSG Network for a little segment of On the Line brought to you by Thai Technology. Awesome stuff, Christian. Uh let's 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 assess. Let's talk about it. Uh it's nice to it's nice to get a little insight on their experience as well, right? Because we're just used to seeing them in front of the camera doing their job. And you know, you don't get really the behind the scenes on how it works. And I mean, it, it has to be a little weird walking into an empty nassau coliseum to do a broadcast where there's just no environment of, of fans and interaction stuff like that so it's nice to it's nice to get that little you know behind the scenes uh scoop if you will
1: yeah no it certainly is uh i think for everybody it's uh, it's it's a weird experience from from the people uh, who are coming to the, the islanders via tv i mean brendan and Butcher, all again i mean they did a tremendous job last oh, yeah. year uh from having to do all the games from the MSG studio uh, to this year where they've been on site for the home games. They've been on, on site for the road games at the Nassau Coliseum, like Shannon was, was alluding to, and then having to do some games from the studio. I mean, those guys are, are true professionals. I, I was saying to a buddy the other day, actually, it's funny that New York, has some, you know, New York teams probably have some of the best broadcasting teams.
0: Oh yeah. Uh,
1: in, in the in any sport, you look at the Islanders with Brendan and Butch, and and Brendan is you know world class talent. We've had him on our show. He, a very he's short guy of time, yeah, and a very very talented broadcaster. Yeah. And you look at some of the other te- the other teams and the broadcasters that that they have. I mean, the Mets and Howie Rose and um, you know, Gary Cohen and, and those guys. Those are, are two great broadcasting broadcasters as well. I should say. Yeah um you know nicks with mike green who's a legend in himself kenny albert who's the voice uh you know part-time voice of the ra- you know the new york rangers for tv radio and now he's going to be the he's the lead voice for the national hockey league started here in new york and he does uh Knicks games as well so
0: yeah.
1: um you know new york is blessed with the fact that they have a lot of talented broadcasters calling these games even um you know and, and doing a tremendous job brennan brennan and butch uh, especially shannon and, and aj and everyone on the on the broadcast as well pre-game and post-game show they do a tremendous job and um, yeah, it's, it's definitely weird. I, like I said, I think for everybody, it's weird being in the Nassau Coliseum without any fans. It's weird watching a game with, with no noise. I think there was a point in the, I want to say the New Jersey Devil game, that they turned off the crowd noise in the building. Mm. uh that was being pumped in and so we were sitting there the in the writer's area and it was just kind of you're just hearing the the players on the ice and it was a very bizarre moment it was kind of cool but at the same time very eerie and um kind of thrust you back into the realization that wow we're you know we're this is somewhat normal but it's still not really that normal at all right Uh, and it's kind of contending it's contending with those emotions that uh you know you're happy to be there but it's certainly it's certainly uh Loses some of its luster, I guess you could say, sure. with the fact that there's nobody else in the building, and the, and the fans that you know bring the energy and, and, and kind of make the Nassau Coliseum what it is. Certainly, um, you know, it, it loses it loses some of that that excitement that you would usually have, especially during those close
0: games. Of course, and you know, but I like Shannon's positive outlook. At least we still get to watch hockey, and look, yeah. and you know, it's going to get better. We'll eventually be back in there. I'm still holding out hope that we'll get get into some uh, in some buildings by the spring. We'll see if that works out, but i'm gonna maintain I, that hope
1: I, yeah i know i mean it's 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 all you can really do yeah. uh, you know if you're a fan of the team if you're a fan of hockey and you, you know, if you're a fan of just getting back to some level of normalcy yeah. you know hope it hope is your is your the best thing you got right now and yeah. uh, i think you're not the only one you, you know the nassau county executive laura curran told told us at NYI hockey now that that she was hopeful that the islander fans would be able to get into the building at you know at some point during the playoffs and um, I, I think that's somewhat of a realistic goal, especially as which is you know it's a much bigger conversation has much more um, broader implications. <laughs> yes. But as as vaccines roll out and yeah. um you know they start to get a handle of what's been going on in the world the last uh, you know almost a year now, um, life will start to shift back to some sense of normalcy, and that includes getting back to to being at sporting events.
0: Yeah, and you know the Flyers did a pretty decent job. With their with their crowd noise, they had some "Let's Go Flyers" chants going. I don't think the Islanders have done that, like any any phony "Let's Go Islander" chants. I know they they started pumping the uh, the yes 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 in. I believe, but uh, I thought I thought the Flyers did a pretty good job with their fake crowd noise for whatever that's worth. I mean, because as (laughs) as a viewer, you know, watching on TV, and I felt this way during the return to play in the playoffs last season. It really, I I mean, you forget that that they're in the circumstances that they are. Like I don't. I mean, maybe whether it's the crowd noise or or not. I mean, look, if it wasn't there, it would obviously make a huge difference. But I feel right. like while I was watching the games, I really didn't notice the difference. I really didn't.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I think you you look at how how the Islanders have done. I think they've done a good job with, with not being over you know, overdoing it with, with, with the crowd noise and, and trying to make it seem normal. Cause at a certain point you're just kind of like, all right, we get it. You know, <laughs> you're, you're filling the, yeah. filling the building with just fake noise. You know, we are not stupid. Um, and I think there are other teams that, you know, the Rangers got a lot of flack for it during the, their first game against the Islanders. A lot of the, a lot of the writers and broadcasters in the building complained a little bit about how loud the noise was. Oh really? But I think, you know, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I think the Islanders did a pretty good job, you know, their, their home games that they, they, uh, that they were at Nassau Coliseum, I think they had just the right about right amounts, and it wasn't too overbearing, and it did the job because you put a little you put a little underlying noise under any kind of uh, it, it keeps you in the experience
0: without totally pretending like sure. things are are normal. I think one of the dead giveaways though that it's that it's not an authentic crowd is you usually hear at least one get off the ice Bailey. Uh, so <laughs> a coliseum audience, and you, you, MSG's not going to be pumping those out, or the uh, you know a coliseum uh, PA guy, whoever's running that thing, you're not going to hear that there. So I think that's the one giveaway. But let's uh let's steer it back to the to the ice. We talked enough about what's going on in the crowd or the the lack thereof, and we started talking about Timishov and Zarnik with Shannon. So why don't we pick up with that? Talk about them getting into the lineup. And I would have to agree with Shannon that Zarnik looked pretty good coming in. Whether that means he's going to get more time out there or not, we'll see. Uh, why don't you share your opinion on his performance and Timoshev's, uh coming into the games?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I, I certainly tend to agree with, with, with Shannon's assessment. Uh, you know, Zarnok was certainly noticeable a couple to, a couple big times, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a couple efforts, I want to say, in the first period where he was able to get back and break up a couple plays, a couple scoring chances for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, you know, he certainly didn't look out of place. He looked like he, he was fitting into the system that the Islanders were trying to employ uh, for the team on Sunday night. I, I think I think it was a good audition, and, and for a first impression in, in a new organization, Austin Zarnik did a very good job. He was some power play time. Up, no. Yeah, yeah, so the, the coaching staff clearly liked what they saw, and they were giving him chances in in, in different situations, so that's a, it's a good sign. I think you certainly look at the, his body of work in that game, and, you know, it's nothing really you can be disappointed about. Um, Timoshev, uh, you know, I, again, I agree with Shannon. I think that he, he was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was as noticeable. Right. Um, okay. I don't think he got much power. He got, I don't think he got much playing time at all in the third period, if any. Mm-hmm. And so again, it goes to show you where the coaching staff kind of sees his game at as well. If you're not putting him out there, especially with the game, the way it was, they're down um, by two goals. I want to say at that point, and, and, that he's, you know, they're not, they're not putting him out there. So I think it maybe said that they, not that they were disappointed with, it, with, with what his play was, but certainly not um, not the same enthusiasm, if you will, the way they, they had or were with uh, Austin Zarnick. But it was fine. I don't think it was, he was, I don't think he beats out a Kiefer Bellows or uh, a Oliver Wallstrom for a roster spot, but it, it's a competition, as Shannon was talking about. And that seems to be the, the kind of theme for what the coaching staff is trying to, trying to do here, especially with Anthony Beauvillier out. Um, you know, they want these guys to compete for roster spots and they want to be able to put uh, you know, an Azarnik in one night and be able to throw in a, a Belos or a Wallstrom in the next night and, and not see any drop off from, from the production that that line in particular has, or, or the team overall has. Um, I think that you would like to see a little more consistency. Obviously, again, you have that situation where Bovillier be- kind of, you know, kind of the injury to Bovillier kind of throws a wrench in the idea sure. of having a consistent lineup, mm-hmm. but, I think now, like I was saying earlier, that you have Barry Trotz who's seen basically everyone you'd want him to see. That's going to get a chance to play on one of those those positions. Now have been out on the ice in a game situation. And he kind of has an idea of what works, what doesn't work. Obviously, for some guys, it's a one game sample size. For other guys, it's a bigger sample size. But at the same time, you now have an idea of how these guys are going to play in these game situations and what might be the best lineup going forward for the Islanders too. It's the it's the you're dealing with the roster situation. Dealing with mm-hmm. all right. If you have Varlamov or not Varlamov, you Sorokin on the roster, you kind of have to put a Bellows or a Wallstrom on the taxi squad. Or you, you know, there's a lot of roster gymnastics that have to be done um, with the way things are set up this season.
0: Yeah, I agree, but I do want to harp on that consistency thing. Not not only with performing in the games, but also with the roster. I think, I mean, especially for the sake of guys like Pajot, you know, you're kind of making things tougher for him because he's got to adjust to a different winger or two wingers sometimes each night because they still don't know who they're going to put in there. Now, now, granted, they have, as we well know, they have guys who are vying for these spots and obviously nobody's really grabbed it by the horns and ran with it yet. You've seen some guys, some positive things. Obviously, Wallstrom got himself a goal. Bellows has looked pretty good. And now, you know, we're talking about Zarnick here. But I really think that the coaching staff needs to... Just kind of hone in on somebody here for those two winger spots. And, you know, look, you switch the lineup up uh, up every now and then. That happens, right? Maybe you get a different matchup against a different team. You want to see a different guy. That's normal. That's fine. But I'd like to see a, a more steady pair of wingers lining up against Paggio, uh, with Paggio, whoever that is. You know, obviously right. in a perfect world, I think most Islander fans would want to see Bellows and Wallstrom, right? They're the young guns. Oh, 100%. They're expected to yeah. score goals. If if things are going right for them and they're in the lineup, that means there's probably some goals coming from them. So hopefully those are the guys. But regardless of who it ends up being, I think that needs to happen sooner than later.
1: No, I I, I certainly agree with you, and I think that we're working towards it. I, I, I mean, I think you would hope they're working towards it. I should say because I, 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 again, I, I hate the fact that this is this is becoming a trend on the show today. But I, I agree with you on this this sense. Of the island piece the consistency. That's three. And I hate, it. I hate it, 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 hate it. Hate well, it, hate at it, least you're it, not here
0: it. for me to rub it in your face. At least you're not here for that. I hate it so much.
1: But you're right. <laughs> but you are you are 100% right. You want that consistency. You want those guys to be, to be able to develop a chemistry so that once you hit, like we were talking about, those 10, 15-game stretch at the end of the year where it's going to be the most important point of the season – that you have guys that have been playing together for a majority of the year. Yeah. Obviously, the fact that the schedule is so tightly compacted, and the fact that you're going to have back-to-backs, and you're going to have injuries, and you're going to have COVID issues, that yeah. you know these guys are going to have to be able to play with different players uh, on, a, on a drop of a dime or a drop of a hat, I should say. But yeah. at the same time, you want you want that chemistry. You want that that situation where you had last year with the you know with the Pajot and. And you had, um, you know, you, you had Broussard with with him for a majority of the playoffs, and mm-hmm. you know, a short time with the Islanders during the regular season. They had that chemistry, and you could you right. could sense that, and you could see that, and it led to a lot of success for Pajot and Broussard at certain points. So you'd like to see that, and you'd like to see if you're talking about JG Pajot, and I think that's really where a lot of this lies is that third line is that you want to see him with a guy that's an offensive-minded player because it's going to benefit him as much as it's going to benefit a Wallstrom or Bellows. And I think, obviously, those are the two guys you would like to see. They were given a chance the other day um, to both be out there. I think they both looked really well. I think they both deserved a chance to be back in the lineup. I understand that. You know, Trotz wanted to see what else he had in, in his arsenal and give Zarnik and Timoshov a chance, and, and that's fine. You know, the there wasn't really that much of a drop in production uh, from Saturday to Sunday, but at the same time, I think at this point now, now that you have that feeling, that feeling out period, that grace period, I think the crux of what I was just trying to say is, I think we've reached the point where it, it you know, we have we've gotten past the grace period. We we know what a lot of these guys can do now out out there on the ice. It's time to give. Whoever that may be, I, I mean, if it was me making the decision, I would say you, you put, Bellstr- put Wallstrom Bellows. Yeah, uh, in a perfect and that's world. and that's it. Yeah, and then and then you go from there. Obviously, again, you kind of have the situation with the with the taxi squad and the way things are laid out. That's not as that's easier said than done. But um, in a perfect world, that's the decision you make because I think those guys have given the, you know the team when they're out there a chance to win, and they've played well enough to to earn that opportunity.
0: Sure, without question. And I think we'll, we'll still look a little bit at what happened in some of these games. A couple of points I still want to go on, and we'll look ahead real quick at the the games coming up. But, Christian, what do you say we, we do the, the Hero of the Week? All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to do the Hero of the Week right now. When you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price hero and folks, we talked about this this five game road trip, this losing streak that the team is on. So you have to you have to imagine that we, we really had to reach into the depths here to, to try to come up with something to 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 represent a hero of the week. But before we before we get into that, the half-price hero of the week from Blue Line Deli Bagel Bagels is the Godfather. It's got Cappy ham, Genoa salami, pepperoni, provolone, lettuce and tomato, oil and vinegar on a hero. It's the Godfather. Uh, still a movie I haven't seen. <laughs> I haven't seen any <laughs> of those films, but you know, yikes. Maybe one day. It is what it is. Yikes. So let's get the music out of here. And it's one of the greatest masterpieces of
1: American modern American cinema. Oh, you've seen so it. Whatever.
0: You've seen it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I look. It, it happens. It happens, man. You know.
1: It's an embarrassment.
0: I don't. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. just like you. Okay. Good job. So <laughs> <laughs> let's do the hero. So I kind of prefaced it already, Christian. I went first last week, so I'm gonna let you um, try to justify <laughs> our hero choices here tonight. With you going first.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Sean. I appreciate the opportunity here to uh, present our hero of the week, and uh, I-, I think considering the tough seat, the tough stretch that it's been for the Islanders during the course of this road trip, it, it was tough. Sean and I struggled quite a bit to come up with the hero of the week for this week. But I think looking <laughs> back on it, I think yeah. it came to the fairest conclusion, and that was rookie goaltender, Ilya Sorokin.
0: There he is. There he
1: is. I, and I think... Looking at why we made this decision, because, again, Sean and I struggled pretty hard to figure out who we, who we were going to pick. Yeah. Uh, you look at the way he's played, and you look at the way the opportunities that he's given to the Islanders to win those games that he's gotten. He started in net. And I think especially coming off of Sunday's performance, his probably strongest performance yet um, since he's come to the NHL and since he's been playing uh, in, 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 in NHL games, that— you know he was he was great out there. He gave the Islanders a chance to win. He made the timely saves. He made big saves when when the Islanders needed needed him to. And I think the bigger issue for for Sorokin has been obviously adjusting to the the ice, adjusting to the the bigger ice and the, the quicker pace of the NHL. Um, but it's also been the fact that his teammates just haven't been scoring a whole lot in front of him. So yeah, it's tough to it's tough to really get on him for the for the loss early in the week, and it's tough to get on him for the loss on sunday when when he did just about anything you could ask for everything you could ask for from a goaltender except yeah. maybe score in the in those instances <laughs> so yes i understand he gave up a couple goals it's going to happen sure. um you know, some of them i'm sure he probably wants back over the course of his, his couple starts he's gotten mm-hmm. but i think overall the body of work has continued to get better every time he's been in net and you see him a bit more comfortable and a bit more comfortable and shannon as shannon kind of pointed out you saw those flashes of Wow, that's the highlight reel save we saw from the KHL. Right. All right, that's the lateral movement we saw when he was in the KHL. There's a bit more comfortability as we've gone through each of these starts. So it's 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 hard to pick a hero of the week. Obviously, I get that. I know. I'm sure people are kind of rolling their eyes at us trying to <laughs> trying to well, I- even a remotely positive spin on it. But th- you know, I think Sorokin is, is, deserves it. Um, deserves it here for the way he's continued to develop and and get better each game he's been in.
0: Yeah, Christian, I think you you did a very good job, as long-winded as that was. Uh, the, <laughs> about Ilya Sorokin being worthy of the nomination. And, yeah, I have to just echo it because, yeah, you could have picked, you know, maybe an individual a, a skater here or there. I'm actually seeing in some of the comments, uh, somebody mentioned Lee, Anders Lee, somebody mentioned the first line. And, yeah, I, I could see why you might want to go down that road. But, you know, there's also guys involved there that, that are in part responsible for why these games kind of headed south. And, and I don't think... That really fell on Sorokin in these games and, and as you mentioned, he's he's gotten more comfortable, he's performing much better, and also like you said, he's he's starting to show those those acrobatics and those highlight reel, you know, saves that you know were kinda of teased in, in his time in the KHL. So Christian, here here I am agreeing with you. Ilya nice. Sorokin, there he is two times Wonderful. your unanimous hero of the week. That's twice in a row, that's two goalies in a row. We we got to see the the skaters got to pick it up, man. They got to pick it up, you know, but I think it's indicative
1: of just kind of what we've seen over the course of the season so far from the Islanders. And uh, even Barry Trotz was saying it during, during, you know, during this road trip, you know, he, there were nights when he just felt like he had one line Uh, and it's very, it was very easy to figure out which line he was talking about. And that is an, you know, it's kind of an indictment on the rest of the lineup where, if the owners are gonna be successful, they talk about it all the time, is they're rolling four lines. They're getting production from all four lines. They just haven't had that that same um kind of momentum during this, this five game road trip. Right. I agree. Until recently. You could you could say you could say they got a little bit back to it in Philadelphia, but but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, I mean you could make an argument maybe they deserve to take more than two points out of that city. But, you know, there was some costly errors, some costly mistakes and And they paid for it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that more in depth now. But there you go, folks. Your Blue Line Deli and Bagels Hero of the Week brought to you by the Half Price Hero of the Week, which is the godfather once again. Cappy Ham, Genoa Salami, Pepperoni, Provolone, Lettuce and Tomato, Oil and Vinegar (laughs) on a Hero. You can get it Half Price starting tomorrow through next week's show. Your Blue Line Deli and Bagels Hero of the Week. All right.
1: And shout-out to Blue Line for uh, for being open today. Yeah, Blizzard. So yes, Don Dedication. and the company, thank you uh, for being open during uh, the chaotic. Oh, that's messed up, Larson.
0: <laughs> Sean mess up a button, never. That's messed up, man. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, I said five games in, five five shows in, you can start busting that shop. So, fair enough. I, think I mean, it's
1: been a pretty flawless, uh, I mean, knock
0: on wood. Other you, than your, your wonky <laughs> Wi-Fi connection over there where we lost you for a minute, but. Other than that, I right. mean, I think we've it's been doing all right here tonight. It's not your fault. Not you've my done fault. A pretty great. Not it's my fault. A, you've
1: done a pretty great job uh, running the board and, and all the technical see, technical details. You
0: see how much better we do when you are not here. I think that might be the difference. I am just saying. <laughs> Leave that one alone. All right, all right. So let's let's just talk. Uh, there is a couple things I want to talk about. You know, with these games, one of which was, and this ties into the whole third line conversation, is that major penalty in the third period taken by Leo Komarov. And, you know, again, for a team that's just been trying to get some points here, trying to get back into their winning ways, you couldn't have, you know, had had worse timing for something like that to happen. And I don't disagree with Barry Trotz very much. In fact, anybody who's been listening to this show for the last couple years knows that I've been pretty consistently... Pumping that guy up since he got here, obviously for very good reason. But I right. have to say, I was not a fan of the fact that Leo got back in that game after he got out of the box, and not the biggest fan that he that he ended up lacing up the skates the next game. What do you have to say about that, Christian? Yeah, I know
1: that certainly was a uh, a point of contention for a lot of Islander fans and a lot of people, and, and I think rightfully so. It's 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 interesting. You know, Barry Trotz was asked about it after the game if he had any regrets about putting leo back out there after after the penalty and he kind of doubled down on it um you know he he said he didn't have any regrets and right um he talked about his veteran veteran instincts and all that and i i i I think there are a lot of people where that that disagree with barry truss that are in your camp sean that you know felt that he you know they didn't understand why he was back out there um and certainly when you look at look at anyone else if that was Matt Barzal if that was Beauvillier if that had been you know even a guy like Josh Bailey or Anders Lee or um even Eberly, would they have gone back out there it's 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 an interesting kind of proposition because if it's, especially if it's one of the younger guys that makes a mistake like that I mean we've seen we've seen you know Barry Trotz not hesitate to just let them sit on the bench for a little bit and not be out there in those big situations so it, it certainly certainly was interesting to see him put him back out there in uh, a situation like that and that luckily the Islanders it didn't cost the islanders in that instance but obviously you know
2: well what well,
1: you know you're kind of it almost seems like you're rewarding him for for the bad behavior and then obviously he was out there for the uh the goal against in the final
0: yes you know, minute missed of, assignment you know, there yeah so i mean it kind of just kind of piled on top of uh, of each other there and 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 yeah the, the the pK was excellent during the major but but that's five minutes. Well, you're not really getting an opportunity to put the puck in the net yourself. I mean, that's a quarter of a period there. They survived it, but there's a, there's a decent chance that maybe the Islanders might have potted a goal during that time if 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 the penalty wasn't taken in the first place. It just it was needless, and you know when everybody's is already a little on edge about getting wins here and getting some points in this tough division. It's just it's just a really bad look, and and for him to. Again, be on the ice for that goal against missing an assignment. It just compounds the whole issue. So, uh, look, Barry. At the end of the day, he's still going to know better than me when it comes to the decisions to this roster and what they're doing. But uh, I have to say, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan with, uh, with how things went with Leo.
1: Yeah, no, I mean Barry. You, you know Barry barrett can know better than than the both of us but you know we can still disagree with the decision sure, i think sure. that's kind of the consensus here it's, it, it was an interesting choice i don't know if i'm head coach i make the same decision as him um but maybe there's something we don't know maybe you know obviously leo Komarov is known for being you know kind of a, a you know a penalty kill specialist and being playing well on his own and at times and other times you see him make mistakes where he's taking poorly timed penalties and and putting the islanders down in, in a situation they, they need him to to be out there and not not taking a penalty in the last, uh, especially a major penalty in the last, you know, half of the game. So yeah. it certainly w- was a decision that I don't think many people would have made. You or me definitely would not have made, it sounds like.
0: No, it doesn't. Once again, we're we're on the same page. It's, it's happening a lot lately. But uh, And then, look, speaking of costly, you know, poorly timed penalties, you have Barzell's penalty at the end of the game, you know, in, in overtime last night, which ends up costing them a point as well. And you know, and we've already kind of talked about the undisciplined play of, of Barzell on this on this show, and the fact that he's racking up the minutes. And yeah, he's still a young guy, but as Barry Trot said, they need him out in the ice. So not not only yeah. not only do you need him out in the ice to to give your team the best chance to to put in goals yourself, but I mean, you know. You, the penalty kills. If there's if there's a bright spot for this team going through this stretch of games, the penalty kills look pretty good. And, I, and dare I say, even the power plays looked a little better too. They've had some bad spots too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I have liked uh, some of their power plays out there. The way they've been established in zone time and and setting up chances. Hopefully, 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 some goals will start going into the net. But anyway, it's just this is something he has to grow out of sooner than later. Because you can't have your your star guy, a guy who's going to be looking to cash in in three years, <laughs> you know. Hopefully, potting <laughs> potting over a point per game clip here, which he's doing right now ten points in nine games, I believe. But he's he's got to be held, you know. He's got to hold himself to account, and he's got to learn how to, you know, reel that stuff in and and understand that you know. Look, there's a lot of emotion out there on the ice, and he's a fiery player. We see it all the time. But this is something he kind of has to reel in and I, and I'm sure he will, but he, he's showing us that he hasn't yet and, and in this early going it's just it's just something to kind of heap on top of this pile of of, of I suppose negativity as far as the results that we're getting <laughs> out of the island so far that that just needs to be cleaned up
1: yeah, and I think
0: I mean we, this is a conversation we've had in the past
1: too about yeah. Matthew Barzal when it comes to kind of the the poorly timed penalties or the, or the errors you know he's young he's going to make these kind of emotional mistakes where um you know his emotions dictate what's what happens rather than him thinking things through quickly but uh i I mean in the same breath it is a little bizarre that at this point in the season you know with 24 penalties and minutes at this point he's he's leading guys like ross johnson and matt Marin guys who you would you would historically think is guys who are going to lead the team in in (laughs) penalty minutes and that's just not the case um and obviously that's something you want to clean up because these are not penalties unlike, you know, a Matt Martin or a Ross Johnson or even a Cal Clutterbuck guys like that. Some of those are going to be penalties where they're, you know, there's the minor penalties where for, for you know, a slash or a hook or, you know, a, a hit or something like that. Um, but some, a lot of those penalty minutes too are going to be, you know. Things that occur from, from physical alterc- altercations, and that's the kind of aspect you expect from their game. For for Matt Barzell, you don't necessarily want him making those mistakes because not only do you put your team in that in that spot where you're down a man, but you also don't have one of your best players and your best skaters and your best scorers out there on the ice for, for two minutes or more, and this seems to be kind of a, a continuing trend with him uh, this right. season anyway, and you'd like to just see him skew it the other way. I don't think it's a huge... A huge point of concern at this point, but it's certainly noticeable. You're seeing it more, and you're noticing it more. All this stuff um, is more noticeable
0: with, when you're losing hockey games. You know? Exactly.
1: That was my, that was going to be my point. You, you, everything becomes much more hyper focused when you're when you're putting together four or five losses instead of four or five wins. Right. Right.
0: Well. Hopefully he gets that, that element of his game together because it literally has been, you know, in, in most of these games, it's, it's been coming down to this one play, right, that ends up burning them. And they end up taking one or zero points out of these games because it's just, it just seems like almost Murphy's Law, right? When, when something can go wrong, it does. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really hurt them so far. And, and look, they're, they're going to get out of this rut. The, the, the play is going to improve. I, I fully believe that. It's it's a shame that this is how they're they're kind of starting their season, but you know, hopefully they can turn this around and, and, and get things back going. And you know, you mentioned Bevilliers name before. Is there any update on his status and when he may be able to get back in some games?
1: So we're still looking at a day to day situation. I think Barry Trotz had indicated last week that um, you know there might be an opportunity. We see him uh, when he when he was talking last week. He said next week. So you 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 know kind of rearranging the words. It, it, there's a chance, I guess, you see him so, at some point this week coming up. Um, but it's kind of unclear. It's a, it's a very fluid situation. Like I said, he's still day-to-day.
0: Okay. Fair enough. And are, are Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson still day-to-day with their offensive output <laughs> on the ice? <laughs> uh, you got Bailey with the, with the deflection goal. Finally, he's on the board. That's good. Hopefully, that opens the floodgates a little bit. But – yeah, another theme I guess of this show recently is is how this team is kind of, when they are getting the rare win, they're they're kind of riding the backs of of those three guys up front: Anders Lee, Matt Barzell, and Jordan Everly.
1: Yeah, that's been the theme. I mean, like I said, like we were talking about before, Barry Trotz talking about how he really he has only one line that's producing for him, and that's that's a huge thing. The Islanders need those guys. They need the Josh Bailey's, the Anthony Mobilias, the Brock Nelson's, especially Brock Nelson took such a huge turn in the course of his career. Same with Josh Bailey, you know, for the most part in the last couple of years in, in their offensive output and their goal scoring, their consistency in their play. Um, and they've become such a huge part of the organization. And right. obviously, um, have had such big playoffs in the last couple of years as well. So mm. the fact that again you're you're we're kind of having this conversation. All right, you know where is Josh Bailey? Where is Brock Nelson? Uh, early on in the season, it's it's unfortunate because these are guys you need to produce, and these are guys that that need to be stepping up. And um, again, obviously with kind of the the, the mixing and matching with the mm. bottom six, if you will, with with Pajot kind of you know moving different line mates every game. It seems like that. I don't even want to say you want to let him off the hook, but there is a certain understanding you have that his production is not where you would have expected it to be because right. there's so much kind of changing going on. And then obviously the fourth line, which has been, it's had some good days, it's had some, you know, it's had some okay days. And I think even Barry Trotz has been one to admit at this point that there's been times where he needs them to step up and be a little bit bit more or Do a little bit more, I should say, because the other lines are not producing as well. So, it's it, it's it's tough. The Islanders are in a tough spot because you you hope that a goal is by Bailey and you hope it goes by 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 Brock Nelson lead to more offensive output and more offensive production but again it goes back to that theme that's kind of been then the whole show that we've been talking about is Mm -hmm. consistency the islanders need to be consistent they need to play their game consistently and that's when they're rewarded and that's when you have brock nelson putting in goals that's when you have josh bailey Bailey being able to transition and set up these great opportunities for his line mates that's when you have the fourth line being productive and that's when um it also starts with that that third line being productive and it starts and then it, it goes to the fourth line being productive and being able to be that energy line that the Islanders need them to be and create those that chaos in their own end, which creates opportunity in the offensive zone. So, right. um, you know, again, it's that consistency. It's playing that Barry Trotz style of hockey. And, uh, it goes back to just getting back to that style of play, and, and the Islanders are going need to need to do that, starting with Buffalo on, on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, and, and you kind of alluded to this as well in your response, is that these guys have, have proven that they can perform, and they're going to get a longer – because, look, you point – the fact that these guys aren't producing out right now, right? Brock's going through mm-hmm. a tough spell. Bailey's going through a tough spell. Bavillier Bo- was before he got hurt. But it's like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, they're not rookies. They're going to get a longer leash because they've produced in the past. They're they're not making just game-breaking mistakes, but they're just not putting the puck in the net. They're not producing. So what else can Barry Trotz really do other than mix and match the lines and and just be patient with these guys cuz they're not getting dealt they're not getting you know sent down to Bridgeport you know they're probably not <laughs> going to get a seat up in the press box either i mean that's just how it is so i mean as frustrating as it might be for some fans to watch these guys and not perform i mean it's probably it's probably just going to be wait and hope that these guys get it together i mean they've proven that they can uh, again it's 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 it's, it's the, the microscope is on it a little bit more because it's the start of the season if If the islanders had to opened up the season six and three, seven and two, whatever the case may be, and you have a couple of guys you know having a hard time all right, they'll get it together, but because they're also not putting points up in the standings, you know you you got the spotlight on it now, but like again what's what's the solution other than just kind of waiting and hoping that these guys break out?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great question. I think it's one that we kind of alluded to at the start of this when we're talking about talking about how do we be how do the owners be consistent consistent again and and, yeah. and find a way to be consistent for 60 60 minutes and i think that's the biggest thing um it, it has to come from inside that locker room yeah. it has to come from leadership and it has to come from from you know Anders lee and josh bailey and, and those guys that are that are you know the veterans in that locker room and they set the tone for everybody else and it has to come from them at that point i think the islanders coaching staff is giving them the tools i you know barry trotz is a as a stanley cup winning coach um i don't think that there's it's a a situation where the the players aren't listening to the coaching staff or anything like that i know i've seen some of that on social media which is kind of crazy
0: losing the room element we're not we're not there yet no we're far right and uh, you know i mean
1: mean, you know it's it's social media and it's kind of the (laughs) everyone's kind of losing their minds after a couple (laughs) tough losses understand people like sharing their ideas you know sharing thoughts fan base is very passionate and yeah 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 uh, yeah, exactly um fan, fan base is very passionate and uh you know, they get all riled up when, when things don't go well, and as sure. they should. It, sure. It's not, you know, the Islanders shouldn't be let off the hook for the for the bad five-game road trip. Um, but it comes yeah. down to the players in the locker room have to figure it out. They have to themselves be able to find that consistency and get into that rhythm. Part of it is obviously putting together a consistent lineup. Part of that is finding J.G. Paggio, you know, two consistent wingers that's yeah. not, that he's playing with a different guy every other night. Um, and part of that is just being, and I think part of it, you know, that also leads to a little bit more consistency, a little more routine, and a little more um, – more, it makes it easier to have that 60-minute effort um, because guys are used to each other at that point. Um, you're right. seeing Barry also start to mix and match the lineups at different points too or the lines at different points too. So, um, But I think at the end of the day, it's got to come from those guys. Uh, you know, There's not much more you can do.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You can you can shuffle guys around the taxi squad and whatnot, but, again, it's still not going to be Josh Bailey, Anthony Bavillier, any of those guys. Jordan – like they're all – they're all just gonna have to figure it out. Rock Nelson, you're just gonna have to keep the faith, folks. That's all we got. <laughs> just hope that they get it together. I think they will. So I got the the hashtag believe shirt on. It's not over yet. It's only nine games. But they still gotta get get it together soon. So I think I think we're pretty good highlighting the, the players from this this past week. Is there anybody else we need to talk to? I think we're good there. So we'll just look ahead real quick. You got two games, uh, two you got a Couple of home games coming up now. Again, I don't know what the benefit of that is when you don't have the crowd there, other than you know knowing the uh, the intricacies of your of your arena and your rink. But anyway, they got two coming up against Buffalo Tuesday and Thursday, and like we said before, these games are going to be tough, regardless of where you might think they end up in the standings. Uh, it's going to be. I'm looking forward to seeing Taylor Hall and Eric Stahl in Sabre jerseys to see how they perform. Assuming that uh, now, I believe I might have caught in the in the uh, in the track. The chat, the chat that the Sabers did not make it to Long Island tonight, and they're going to try to make it tomorrow. I think I caught that. So hopefully, we we actually have the games running on schedule.
1: But yes, the Sabers uh, the Sabers stayed in Buffalo today. I um, okay. reached out to Buffalo PR earlier today. They, did, oh, I mean, the obviously scoop. you saw the image. You saw, well, you saw the image practice, and then Buffalo PR reached, out, reached back out. Okay. But ultimately, they, they stayed in, in, in uh, Buffalo. They practiced in Buffalo, and then their plan is to fly out tomorrow morning okay. um, to Long Island. So Very good. I think the expectation is the storm on Long Island is supposed to start to switch over to, I want to say, a sleet-rain mix later as the as the morning goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of the same forecast the Sabres have gotten because that seems to be mm-hmm. the plan, obviously. Both the Islanders when they when they travel and when Buffalo when the opposing team travels to Long Island, if they're flying, they're usually flying into Long Island Republic Airport. So, mm. you would imagine that uh, that that's the same forecast that they're they're seeing and, and anticipating, so that they can travel out here tomorrow. But I think too, if you're the Islanders, that's I mean, obviously you you know you don't get much advantage from teams that travel this season, but you're going to have a Buffalo Sabres team that's literally flying in the same day, getting off a plane coming to the rink and getting ready to play. So there's right. an opportunity there you could say that they take advantage of a team that's gonna be a little a little
0: you know, travel weary, I guess. Kind of is, like if, the opportunity they had against the Washington Capitals with right, all their you, big guns being out and, and coming up with, with, with no points. Yeah. We, we we did fail to mention that earlier. But yeah, once again you have a Buffalo team who, on paper, is supposedly going to be a weaker team. As Christian just points out, they're going to be coming off the plane that day. And and not for nothing, but, you know, these, these Islanders have to be hungry. they got to come out like they did against the Caps in that first game and, and pot three goals in the first period, but then hang on to a damn lead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, that's really what we, we, we need to see here. You mentioned before how they haven't really scored the first goal too many times here, so you know their first period i think tomorrow night is going to be really indicative of how how things may go in the in the short term here cuz you you got to figure it's got to be weighing on these guys mentally and you know again a big opportunity to get four points against the buffalo sabres and then saturday's going to be tough because they got the pens coming to town
1: yes yeah and then obviously the rangers next week on monday so uh, there's a couple tough games that are coming up here. You know, luckily the Rangers isn't isn't a long trip. It's it's not necessarily a home game, but going to Madison Square Garden with no fans is not necessarily a uh, it doesn't necessarily feel like a road game either at this point. So, it's it's a tough week coming up. Buffalo presents a challenge. Pittsburgh obviously always presents a challenge, and the Rangers certainly. Uh, I mean, considering the week that they've had, uh, will be looking to get some positive momentum by that time that they face the Islanders on Monday after Super Bowl Sunday. So it's. Uh, you know the Islanders have a tough road ahead of them. It doesn't like I said at the top of the show, it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier. It only gets tougher from here. And as teams get more comfortable and adapt to this COVID schedule that we have, um, you know things things will be interesting. The Islanders now need to, to batten down the hatches and they need to get it together. There's lessons to learn from this road trip, and you hope that they've taken them. They've turned. Inter- they've absorbed them, and that they put them to good use on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, and this is going to sound weird. My last thought here. But it almost seems like the team has to relearn how to play regular season hockey, because we saw that they <laughs> had, they mastered playoff hockey in the in the return to play. They were fantastic pretty much throughout until they had a you know a tough opponent in the Tampa Bay Lightning. But they were more or less like a, a well oiled machine during that run, and they knew how to play close tight games, and they did a great job. and And for some reason, they're they're playing the rest of the league now, or at least the division, because of the way things are right now. And for some reason, this adjustment to playing regular season hockey just hasn't worked out for them. I don't know. Just a thought. But the bottom line is, they got to get back to work tomorrow. You know, I mean, if they can't take t- you know three out of four points against Buffalo coming up here, you know, I think that's uh, it's it's decent reason for for Islander fans to to start getting a little more upset and a little more panicky as the short season goes on. So, with that, Christian, you got anything else, or can we wrap this thing up? That's that's a no okay very good visually I could see that unfortunately the people on the, you know listening to the podcast have no idea what your response was, but that's fine all right folks so you on the outro music here. want to thank Shannon Hogan of MSG Network for joining us. Big, big thanks to her fantastic spot. want to thank our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, and great people. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. Big thanks to Thai Technology, a voice-over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at technology.com for all your telecom needs, or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Give them a call. And of course, as always, thank you to you for hanging out with us here at twitch.tv slash Hockey NY. And for those of you listening later on your favorite podcast provider. So next week, once again, folks, you have that um, special football game coming up on Sunday. So we probably won't be doing our show Sunday night. We're we're still figuring out the as you mentioned, Chris, and the Islanders play on Monday, so we're probably gonna do something either Friday night, maybe a pregame show Saturday. We'll see. We're gonna talk about it. We'll obviously keep you guys posted on social media. He shake this shook his head. No, we're not gonna talk about it. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you. <laughs> I have to be the contrarian. You 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 keep doing that. It's messed up, man. We gotta be a team. No, we don't. It's fine. I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're not here. <laughs> Glad you're not here. So, folks, big thanks. Remember, just follow us on social media at HockeyNightNY. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold zero, zero 01 on Twitter. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. And if you're still doing the listening thing and not watching us on Twitch, remember to please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're doing the watch thing on Twitch, tell your friends. Give us a follow. Let's, let's build it up here. Really, really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Love the live chat. Thank you so much. We will see you next week button. <laughs> <laughs>